Yes. Did you know, in 1957's Ingmar Bergman classic, The Seventh Seal, spoiler alert, there's a scene where the literal embodiment of death is dancing away with his followers, and it is the main cast of the movie. There's a bunch of um, characters which we'll talk about during the podcast. Uh, it, the people dancing with death weren't all actually the actors. The actors, a lot of them had gone home for the day, but uh, Mr. Bergman wanted to shoot this shot because the sky was looking really, really perfect. It's very moody, just what you wanted. You know, back then you're shooting on actual film, so he didn't want to waste the opportunity, so he got some technicians and tourists as stand-ins for the actors and had them do it, so that's why it's a very long shot. Um, so that's not even the actual complete set of actors. And um, I don't know, I just thought that was kind of neat. Just uh, like, you just got to improvise back in the day, you know? I did not know that. You thought it was the actors, didn't you? I sure did. You I, gullible, I, stupid son of a bitch. I, w- I would have bet the farm <laughs> on it, I know. Yeah, anyway, that, that farm is... Uh, consumed by black plague you don't want it well no i don't i don't want that no plus you have to work on a farm you don't want to do that either well jason fury huh so about 15 minutes into the film there is so our our characters johns and and antonius block uh enter a church and it's not an actual set which you would think it was it's actually it's actually a model hung from a dead tree in the foreground say what is There's it a, a church? like an establishing shot like the church is outside and it's showing you the church that they're going to go inside correct yeah yeah so that's not like that's just a facade or what do you call it it's a uh it's an optical illusion interesting optical optical it's a uh a clever film trick interesting no i mean i didn't know that i wasn't i didn't i didn't even think about it they did a good job i didn't notice yep mission accomplished yep i'll have to go back and check that out not well you, you 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 all right well we'll we'll get into it but You've you've now you've now seen Ingmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal, which you had previously not. Right. Uh, yeah. This was uh, you know most of the episodes that we record are us trying to figure out movies that we both haven't seen that we probably should have, or new movies that we know we haven't seen because they're new. There's a couple revisits in there. Well, yeah, we got a couple revisits. We did a Hancock earlier in the podcast. <laughs> Before the slap, um, yeah, there's a few. We'll we'll revisit for sure. We've got Phantom Menace in there and stuff like that. But yeah, the Seventh Seal, we're both, you know, we're in film school and blah 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 blah. We just never got around to this one. I'm actually not well versed in the uh, Bergman filmography. It's just not a director that I followed a lot or um, watched a lot. So I figured if I'm going to start somewhere, it may as well be the Seventh Seal, mainly because it's one of the most like uh, parodied 
you know, the vision of death. You know, I was like, oh, it's like that dude from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures in this movie. Cool. Yeah, what it's I I during my uh, my bit of research, I did see that it had been parodied quite a few times. Right, Simpsons. I remember. I I've just throughout the years, I like knew what it was from. I knew what the movie was. The classic scene where he's playing like literally playing chess with death like i knew all that stuff but i never actually sat down and gave the movie uh, a true watch uh until now and are you glad you did i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm not mad or glad i did i feel like i feel a movie like the seventh seal is to me one of those like checkoff movies like you just say like i did it i saw it i saw it i consumed it i have an opinion about it i'm good but it didn't um i wouldn't say star it. trek checkoff yeah like what checkoff the star character trek. yeah checkoff you're gonna jam a stupid dad star trek joke into this man you said checkoff just saying hey when you're right you're right yeah it's like a Beavis and Butthead joke. <laughs> He's a checkoff. <laughs> well, you, ch- you checked it off. I did check it off. Like checkoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I felt like it was more like, I don't know. It's I finished it today. So like a, a few hours ago, I finished it. I watched it in two parts because my life's chaotic. Um so I don't know. I didn't hate it. I actually, I mean, I kind of, I kind of liked it. I guess like there were parts of it that were interesting, but um, to just kind of lay the foundation, the the synopsis of this movie is pretty simple. It's a knight that returns from uh, returns to his homeland from, which I'm assuming is Sweden, from uh, after the Crusades. You know, the religious, um, you know working for God, fighting people kind of thing. Uh, and, contem- you know, he comes back and he's headed to his castle, his home or whatever, and he comes across a bunch of uh, weary travelers and he's accompanied by a squire. But it's, you know, con- contemplating life, death, the existence of God, stuff like that is all, like, very challenging subject matter, but also kind of pretty simplistic, you know, is there a God? Why don't you show yourself? Like, those kind of themes... Uh, I wouldn't say this movie's going to win any awards for complexity of theme. It's maybe in the 50s, but in 2022, not so much. I think it has won awards, though. No, I mean, like, today. Right. Like the MTV Movie Awards? I don't think it's going to win one of those. Probably not. I know you. You know what I mean. It's like... Yeah, uh, I, know, I know what you mean. It wasn't yeah. like a literal trophy. It's just like... Uh, uh, accolades or uh, I don't know I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about anymore well what we were talking about was 1957's uh, Seventh Seal did you know this movie had a um, prequel no did you know that is the sixth seal no Two Jakes. <laughs> oh, it's Two Jakes. It's Two Jakes. Oh shit. Oh shit. Uh, anyway, oh, shit. I don't know. I I'm gonna reserve my final opinion until we're done talking today. But I I 
I liked watching it. I thought that what what I enjoyed most about this film was uh, how striking Max von Sydow was. His very handsome, interesting, angular face in his youth, and just the play on light and dark, both thematically and visually, I thought was really interesting. So it's a well shot film. I think there's some interesting shots, uh, you know, in, in different locations that I thought were really quite beautiful haunting interesting cool like i don't know it was a very it was a really nice film to look at i I enjoyed it but part of that's just me kind of missing some of the old film techniques and having like the edges be a little rough you know like the very first shot there's like film scratches and stuff and you can be like oh damn but it's like cool and charming and i like that so it was fun to kind of revisit uh a film from the 50s and just kind of get that grainy experience you know Mhm. Yeah, uh it was pretty. I thought it was it was nice to look at. Yeah. Um I thought I kind of like the the black plague setting. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, just like looming. It's just the like looming, the looming, looming danger. Yeah. Um I thought that was cool. But it didn't didn't at least on initial viewing it didn't blow me away like i like it might have blown other you know fans of this movie away <laughs> cinephiles cinephiles yeah like top 10 movies of all times citizen kane the seventh seal amelie boondock saints that's that's actually my list that's your list that's my list that i started Damn. Oh, damn. It's my list in reverse order. Shit. Shit. 2012. Shit. Um, great movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Seven Seal, I think, uh, you know, it, you can't... It's There's this, like... I don't know. The themes that kind of go through this are kind of in pairs. Like, the characters are all kind of in pairs. Like, the main knight and his... Uh, Squire. Jones. Yeah, Johns. I, I like... Or Jones, was that his name? Jones Block or whatever. Um, I liked his character a lot. And then the cup, you know, we meet a few couples and there's a few people that have these like, there's just a lot, a lot of like duality here. And then I think just the classic faith versus atheism and life versus death and hope versus despair and light versus dark and innocence <clears throat> versus corruption. I think these things are pretty prevalent throughout the entire film. And then some of it's just super purposefully heavy-handed like literal dance with death basically there's a little there's a literal dance with death at the end you're playing with you know you're, you're cheating death literally trying to cheat at chess you're playing a game with death so it's just kind of this literal smackdown of pretty common movie themes um set during this black plague era but you know in the 50s late 50s we're talking about kind of i think it's more of an analogy for the fear of the the like the atom bomb and it's just Mm -hmm. more about death and fear and uncertainty and this stuff is just kind of all over the world and and these characters what i did appreciate about it a little bit it kind of felt like a cool like RPG video game or like D&D campaign where you're like traveling you're just traveling this mysterious map and coming across odd people and just kind of grouping together and navigating through the world so it had the very kind of 
weird role-playing game kind of vibe to it. I could see that. Um, like Lord of the Rings or something. Like, I could see that. Yeah. I, I, liked, I liked the main, the juggler. I thought he was good. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, he stood out. He was kind of... Apparently he's like a, like a, like a big, or he was a big comedic actor in Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, and he kind of like overacted, but that's like his character because he's, you know, theater and he, and, you know, theater back then was highly um, reliant on the facial expressions, the whole drama, smile, frown, you know, the makeup, the clownish kind of makeup. So I think that's interesting that he kind of embodied that throughout the film, whether he was performing or not. And he saw uh, visions. He could see visions. And he did. I thought I thought that was cool. I thought that in the in the end, you know, how it how it sort of tied together was was neat. Yeah, because it's seem like it's just weird because the physical or at least visual representation of death is pretty like supernatural kind of vibey, and then him seeing. Things are kind of supernatural, sci-fi vibey, but you know it's kind of interesting that when the man sees it, the woman is just kind of like, "Oh, you and your visions." But then when the woman sees it, she's declared a witch and burned. Um, right. So there, there's right. kind of like you're Do following this duality. character. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, of course it's like, you know reflects the time the, the film was set and stuff like that but it's just like this guy is basically doing what you accuse women of witchcraft and he's just doing it casually throughout the entire film all over the place and telling his wife about it and she's just like oh you and your silly old visions you little goose um, and then this this young woman is doing it and they drag her and tie her and burn her alive that was that was that was probably the most horrific thing in the film yeah, it was pretty bad. And then the, also the self, the like parade of self brutalizing, like punishment, you know, where they're. Yeah. That was kind of jarring because the movie, this movie has kind of a quiet, like blanket over it. There's a lot of moments of just landscape and kind of traveling and, and almost peace or just contemplation. But then that scene where they were kind of marching through the streets, there's so many more people than the film typically had. Where, usually focused on a few and they're all just like whipping themselves and crying and screaming and like freaking out and going through this tight town and just like it was kind of intense i was kind of like damn this is this is jarring this is uncomfortable so it was pretty effective and just kind of creepy well it was more it was out it was out in the open it was more out in the open it wasn't in intense right intense yeah well it was not intense Intent. It was not intense. They were all they were out in the open. <laughs> right. The rest of the movie is in a tent. The rest of the movie is intense. <laughs> You're are you reviewing a different movie? I don't think so. Oh, okay. But yeah, I don't know. I think I mean there is it's strange because our two "Quote unquote heroes like the you know Max von Sydow and, and I don't know I forget their names already but anyway the two main the the knight and the squire um, they're kind of living in this moralless 
age, surrounded by people that are self-brutalizing, they're attempting to, to like rape and hurt and burn witches at the stake, and they're thieves. But these two are kind of like this through line of moral value because they're not they're not partaking in any of these things and they're actually disgusted by it and trying to stop it so i thought that was kind of interesting like why are these two people uncorrupted while pretty much everybody around them except for the theater theater troupe people are kind of like doing some gnarly things it's, it's kind of strange Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. even the one guy was like, I could have raped you, but I didn't. Like, it was some kind of favor. Like, <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, other people are stealing and thieving and killing and hurting. And I don't know. It was just kind of odd. Yeah, he does make that point, doesn't he? Yeah, he definitely, like, verbatim, he says that. At one point, when he saves her from being raped, he's like, I could have just been, I could have just taken that... <laughs> And been the raper instead because I've yeah and then he's like I saved your life but I could have raped you I was like what are you talking about dude come on well it was a dark time <laughs> different times different times Black different Plague dark, Era Sweden the dark ages yeah it was dark times but yeah kind of good people with morals in a intense world so that was kind of I mean yeah what did you think of the depiction of death? Cute. Right? Right? Yeah. I just wanted to pinch his cheeks and not the ones on his face. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought it was cool. It was kind of like a poor man's Palpatine vibe going on. Just like a more uh, a cleaner... <laughs> cleaner newer Palpatine um I thought it was cool he was just this like all-knowing unbeatable entity that was just shrouded in a cape with a you know human features white face but kind of like would stretch out sometimes to be like creature-like or bat-like in a very simplistic way but I thought it was cool it was interesting to do it that way because then you could hide in plain sight like when he was in the confessional it just looked like from behind it looks just like another person but then turns his face and it's like oh shit you're death so it wasn't like a big skeleton with a scythe or something or like some weird moody thing it was just this kind of you know it looks like somebody that would run a library or something someone that would look yeah someone that would run the library he's the he's the one being like shh Exactly. I'm trying to read this microfiche. Micro. I love microfiche. Do you? I do. I find I it. I find it interesting. Tell me more. I mean, you can you can contain so much information in such a small scale. Microfiche. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that says it all. Microfiche. Microfiche. I'll make a hat that just says, I love microfiche. Good reference. Yeah. Anyway, he would be hushing you up. So was that, I I, I thought it was a little, you know, I guess it's iconic. It was very theatrical. Which which goes with the sort of actor performance troupe that we're following in the film. I guess it kind of makes, that kind of ties in with that. 
I mean, it's 1957. What do you want, man? I don't know. You want a Death Eater from Harry Potter to show up? No, I get. I, get, I don't know. It's just. It's, you, gotta save, uh, you gotta save a buck. That's, all you gotta do is buy the guy a black cloak and paint his face white. You got yourself death for cheap. Yeah, we got a we got a cheap death. No, that's that, that's not really a complaint. I mean, it's just it's just it is it just is what it is. I'm just wondering what what, what an alternative would look like in your eyes. I don't know that we even needed to. I don't know that we we needed to see his face. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's kind of like the biggest part of the movie, though, is that he's like interacting with death and playing games with him and stuff and communicating with him. I think that's like, yeah. I think if it wasn't, if it was something more shrouded, that might have taken away from it a little bit. I think it was interesting to have a little humanity tethered to it. Good point. Good point. I don't know. I just, I just felt like there is this weight of this looming death, and it was just sort of. I don't know. I was don't it know. not as scary know. because you put a face? You know, to me, the best, like if we're talking horror movies, to me, the best horror movie doesn't even show you what you're scared of, so you can trust the audience to instill their own fears into the movie, like the Blair Witch Project. People make fun of me, but I think that's one of the scariest movies on the yeah, planet. Yeah, it's very scary. It's terrifying but to just like uh joe blow who doesn't want to think much and just cram popcorn up his face holes like uh you might not imagine anything scary because you're just clocked out and you want everyone to show you you know you're gonna watch the blair witch 2 if you're that kind of person where they show the witch but uh yeah I'm, i mean i'm with you i like it i like the strategy when they do that but this isn't a horror they movie show, they don't show they don't show the blair witch in the second one yeah they do no they don't the book of shadows Nope. Yeah, and then they made a toy, a McFarland toy out of it. No, the McFarland toy was 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 based on its own design. It was its own sort of extrapolation of of uh, what the Blair Witch would look like. But no, we never saw we never saw a witch in that movie. Well, I never watched two. It looked like shit. So I'm just I'm making it up. But I saw the toy, so I assumed it showed up. No, it didn't show up. So the two I mean, was, but the two was. Wasn't it based off the movie though? The, it was a toy from Blair Witch Two. No, it was just a. It, there was actually two versions of the toy as well. Um, Explain two different. There was there was like a kind of a witch face, and then there was more of like a tree bark, kind of kind of wooden version. Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Yeah, the Pinocchio Blair Witch. Okay. You actually saw Blair Witch 2? I did, in the theater. Who's the fool now? Or the fool who followed it. Huh? The Who's more the fool? The fool or the fool who followed it? I don't know. Isn't that Obi- didn't, isn't that Obi-Wan? <laughs> Obi-Wan, the sound that Obi-Wan made in A New Hope that was remastered was the Blair Witch sound. Oh no shit. Yeah. There there was a sound in this that I that sounded like it could have been the the root of of the of the wookiee sound. Really? I think the, yeah, there was like like when we first see the juggler guy and he takes a swig from his little his little like goatskin canteen. Mhm. 
and he gargles it, and it sounds like a like a Wookie, straight up. I thought that Wookie had like, I don't know. Y- yeah, I'm sure it's, what, la- it's it's like dog or something. Yeah, it's a layered. You like you like how I have more to say about Star Wars than I do about the Seventh Seal. <laughs> you have more to say about Blair Witch Two toys and, and Blair Witch <laughs> and Blair Witch Two toys <laughs> <laughs> that that I just fabricated. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. remember. I'm getting old, Adam. It's fine. I'm right there with you, Jason. Starting to make stuff up, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, there. So you're not. I don't know. I, I kind of like the literal literal elements of this. No, movie. it's it's fine. It's fine. It just. It was just sort of. I guess. I guess I was. I was struggling. To sort of find. Any kind of. I don't know. It's an old movie. It's an old movie. I mean, Thanks. I've talked to people that are very passionate about this movie, and they, it's like their top five movies. Top some. So I know I have a few friends. It's their favorite movie ever. I'm just like, I don't wow. understand. I don't understand that. Um, no shade to the movie. Like I, I think it's you know, an important film because it's like a from what I understand a turning point in the like maturity of uh, Bergman's directorial and writing career and it's like kind of sets a new tone for like a legacy that followed you know and i think there's good performances it's shot well it's got really relatable subject matter arguably super simple like not that challenging in my opinion maybe in the 50s it was more challenging because you wouldn't see stuff like this um you know I don't know if the word is that it's like promoting it or not, but you know, very atheist kind of vibey. Like there is no God, like there's no proof. I don't see it. Like I'm really bothered by this. Why don't you show yourself? Like, I think that might've been more challenging in the fifties or, you know, whatever. But for someone watching it this day and age for the first time, I'm just, you know, not, I just wasn't like, wildly impressed by it I, it was like serviceable and like okay that was cool i can see why people like it but not like top tier movie kind of material i don't know yeah i can i can absolutely see why it's why it's had its impact yeah uh, but i just as a contemporary movie watcher such as myself yeah um it just doesn't it didn't necessarily it didn't challenge that. you not really didn't necessarily just do that much for me yeah i'm with you i mean I, i'm not gonna say it's a bad movie but i yeah it wasn't it wasn't really that captivating um to me but but i don't know what do i know i, no, like, I, Han- know. I like hancock that's a cool movie <laughs> I, know you, I, know, I know you like hancock uh, i did think uh, uh there was no sword play was there in this movie no sword play I mean, the I guess the Crusades are ending. They they want to cut it out. They don't want to do that anymore. There was, let's see, what was there in this movie? There was a near rape, w- witch burning, thievery, uh, death by screaming and moaning and falling down, um, and death by wasn't it? Death. That was a that was a plague death though. Yeah. Is that how you died from the plague? I mean, I think that was just as much of a presentation of a plague death as as death was a pale guy with a black hood on. 
I guess, but like, are you like that lucid and you're just like climbing trees and screaming and like, I'm dying, give me water, I'm thirsty, <laughs> uh, give me some water. Like, is that really, like, I thought it was like a slow, like bedridden smell like you smell like a dump truck after a few days and then you just kind of like wither and gurgle and drown on your own vomit or something i didn't think it'd be like a like a theatrical stumbling around thirsty death yeah i don't i don't think it was i don't think it was necessarily meant to like (laughs) literally depict how how a, a plague death went down okay because even 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 in like the little like painting that the guy was making inside of the uh the church mm-hmm. at the beginning 15 minutes into the movie which is actually just hung from a tree in the foreground oh. as, as i as i stated uh it was um remember he was painting and it like yeah, depicted he... like like vomiting and like yeah the guy was like on his belly puking yeah yeah, that's what I I, I want to see some of that death. Well, I wanted to see a menacing death. Well, all right. Um, get what you get. Get what you get in 1957. So yeah, I guess the silent god is kind of the theme here. Like, why why don't you reveal yourself when I want you to? When it's convenient for me, and then arguably. God is everywhere, and you can see him in this and that and this. I don't know. It was just kind of that religious thematic stuff, just not interesting to me. I was like, it's just not that engaging to me. It's just kind of like, don't believe in it. That's fine. But back then, it was kind of more blasphemous. I'm there with you. I will. You, but you like you like fight sabers. I do like fight sabers. Yeah. yeah. Superpowers, <laughs> yeah. Lightsabers, yeah. We we might have not a lot to talk about. It's possible. This might be the seventy episodes. This might be the movie we have the least to talk about. It's possible. Like, I'm glad I saw is, it. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad I saw it. I, I don't like. I don't know. Do you think there's more to it? Like, if we watched it again, we'd see different things, or is it pretty like cut and dry? Kind of like this is what it is. It's very I mean, literal. It's very literal. I think if you maybe read up on it and read some know, watched, read some reviews, read read some analyses and watched watched some yeah. breakdowns and some some essays or whatever, might be some you layers be, to the onion. There might be able to you might be able to extract more meaning, perhaps. But like us, we're, but we're just what simple folk? Is that what it is? Yeah, simple folk. We're just simple folk. Like I like robots in my movies. Fight sabers. I like fight sabers and robots, and I want AI to turn on something. That's it. that's uh that's what we are, Jason. If AI doesn't turn on something, I ain't even gonna watch it. Turn on something like. Like a blender. I see. I see. Not like a hum- like a like a track. Like I guess AI is kind of a little bit of everything. It turns you on sexually. It turns things on as like you know like nannies in the house. There's that. I mean that's why that's why AI is a perfect movie, Adam. 
Mm, gonna have my, to hard my hard disagree. That was my review of it. It's perfect. AI. I'm just kidding, dude. Calm down. Okay. Okay. All right. Calm down, Blair Witch Two in theaters. Hey man, I, I was so stoked about the first one. I like. I wanted to see. Uh, <laughs> Would you they... rewatch Blair Witch Two? You do an episode on that? I've never seen it. Yeesh. I watched Paddington. <laughs> uh, don't make me watch Blair Witch Two. Don't make me watch Appa- Paddington Two. Apparently, there's a big fo- there's there's like a big following for Blair Witch Two though that that think that it was like unjustly cut, you know, and 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 it was it was chopped to death in the editing room, and it it actually is like this this um, subversive the, who movie. Directed- Joe Berlinger. Okay, so can we get the Joe Berlinger question mark cut of the film? I'm sure there's people out there clamoring for it. Release the Berlinger question mark cut. Hashtag. He's a he's a big uh, documentary guy. He did. Um, well, he uh, he just he just returned to sort of non-documentary. <laughs> uh. That's with stupid. with uh this the, the Zac Efron, Ted Bundy movie. Uh, I I know, I know I've seen a picture of it, but I've never seen that movie. Um, I just think it's funny because the Blair Witch is a documentary of sorts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or not really was it was supposed to be a documentary. Mockumentary turned into a darkumentary. Sure did. Good movie still. I'm glad that you like the Blair Witch Project. People think that's like stupid when I say that's like one of the scariest movies, like one of the one of the most interestingly crafted horror movies that I've seen. It's kind of like Jaws, where you like you know Jaws is in Jaws like for like five minutes. You know what I mean? You're scared because <laughs> it's the build up and you think it's there and you don't quite know what it looks like, but you think you know or maybe you have an idea and then you just your imagination just goes wild and it scratching at the tent oh my god that movie was intense and that intense wasn't that tense was intense not out in the open that tent was intense Mm -hmm. it was the kids were like giggling and scratching at it fuck that shit that's scary man yeah that was that was (laughs) that was more of that was a, a classic example of uh what you don't see less is more it was it was very scary what what was very your slogan? what are you going to say what you don't see what you don't see is is what scares you yeah classic example like every time we do a podcast i don't see your face and it scares me well i shouldn't have seen death's face in seventh seal that's your complaint about the movie? You saw Death's face? Well, it just it was just Why some did that guy. Bother you? I don't know. I just feel like What's they could the... they, they could have What's the best representation of death that you've seen in film? Like if it were a character or an entity or whatever. The best representation of death Scrooged. Really? 
It's a pretty good one in there. Remember, Scrooge, you, 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 Scrooge? Re, you remember Scrooge? Yeah, you remember Scrooge, right? I do, but it's just like funny, like ah, Seventh Seal death. Forget about it. Scrooged. Now that's where it's at. It's it's a uh, it's a good scene <laughs> when he's in the elevator with, with 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 death. It is pretty creepy, and he like he like opens up his robe and there and it's like all of these, oh yeah, these little screaming little puppets. Right. That's dope. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. If we're talking like like literal death. Yeah, just like death on screen. Like what did it best? Who wore it best? Right. It's a good death. I think mine is from that movie, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. You ever seen that? I did. It's There's been a, a while, scene I... where, like, the main, you know, Baron is uh, on his last legs, and then like death is like visiting him, and it's just this large, classic, iconic, cloaky terror. It's just terrifying. It's terrifying. Uh, I seem yeah. to, I seem to remember that. I yeah, did. it was terrifying. Yeah very interesting that movie is wonderful i love that movie that's a very good movie terry gilliam yeah it's such a fantastic movie it you know it came out around you know we're talking like the age of like labyrinth and dark crystal and you know kind of clumped into those um but it's never got i think that movie is super underappreciated people really got to watch that one the adventures of baron munchausen Oh, I see. The the death in that is like it's got wings. It's got like a yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. It's cool as fuck. It's sick. <laughs> well, I think you got to rewatch Scrooge if if for nothing else in that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Scrooge for a while. I like those dark comedies that aren't afraid to like truly go dark, even though they're still like PG. You know, they're still like holy shit. This this is terrifying. Like, I think, what was it? There's an anecdote about Steven Spielberg saying the scariest scene in a movie he's seen was, like, in Ghostbusters in the library. He was just saying that was, like, terrifying. It terrified him. It was scary. It was scary. Ghostbusters is awesome. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about anything but the seventh seal, I guess. <laughs> Let's see what else. There's a new. We got a new Ghostbusters coming. <laughs> new Ghostbusters 2023. We're talking about people tuning in for the Seventh Seal. They're like, but I want to talk about the complexities of the blah 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 of the dynamic, the the chess, the chess game. I want to talk about the duality of the complex nature of a physical form of death versus the juxtaposition of the embodiment of the 14th century Scottish archetype and the painting on the mural of the, uh, I don't know, is that what people do that think they know shit? They might, but they've come to the wrong inn. <laughs> they've unsubscribed. You've come to the wrong inn. These guys don't the know shit end. about movies. <laughs> <laughs> They're just talking about toys and a new and a sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> gotcha, yep. gotcha. We are very dim. Uh, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. You thought this would be a in-depth dissection of the Seventh Seal with a new lens, but instead, we're just talking about really childish shit. Well, that's what you get. Yeah, I I don't think. I'd, I would welcome an argument from someone that's saying this movie's deeper than what I perceived it to be because it seemed pretty simple and straightforward. Done well, but um, not very com complex. 
I've been told there are there are better, more compelling Ingmar Bergman films, from some of my my uh, cine, cinephile peers. I do want to see Wild Strawberries, which I did read, were mentioned a few times in this movie where they're like right. offering wild strawberries and that movie came out 10 months after this movie did so it was kind of like i don't know what's the first easter egg I, I, is that even an easter egg i don't know or just like early promo i don't know what that is well i don't think i don't think that he knew that he was going to be doing wild strawberries at that point Are you sure? so it was kind of the movie came no. out 10 months later he had to have had a script or written it there's no way i think it was just on his mind Right. Well, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to end this movie and then immediately make another movie called Wild Strawberries. <clears throat> they definitely mention Wild Strawberries a couple times in this movie. Yeah. Well, what's another? I don't know. There's like all these like summer interlude and there's a lot of like summer themed coming of age kind of stories. But You're right. Know. Wild Strawberries was the movie right after Seventh Seal. Right. That was one I almost suggested instead of Seventh Seal. Just, but I thought we should go with this one because I don't know how many Ingmar Bergman movies we're going to cover. So I thought we, if we're going to do one, it should be the Seventh Seal. Well, we did it, and uh, did we? We did it. We watched it. I watched it. Yeah. Okay. okay. I mean, what else is there to say about it? Nothing. I think my brain is just trying to make me like it more by pretending it's Lord of the Rings or something. Um, I liked I liked uh, the fake beard actor getting chopped down and dying. Chopped down. Remember he, you know, when he faked his death and the way he went up the tree and then the death came for him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He cheated on that guy's, or he like slept with that guy's wife, didn't he? Yeah, but I don't think he knew. That she was he, just flirting with. It was just a beautiful woman by a carriage. She just came out and set out a blanket and invited invited him for a. It was such a weird scene. He just started like nibbling on, like nibbling on her. A little tryst. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect word for it. He had a little tryst in the meadow. I mean, yeah, he came. Yeah, she totally. She seduced him. She totally did. But then she made up with her husband, and he's just like, "I'll forgive you," even though he's like this brute. Yeah, he had a he had a change of heart after. Yeah, he quite. After, he probably had the biggest character arc of anybody. What was his name? Like like Grog or something or like. I have no idea. Grogu. It was something like that. <laughs> it's Grogu. I uh, think it was Grog. Is Grogu going to talk? He already has. What'd he say? No, not to like Ahsoka. Just like, like, will he talk in like weird backwards like Yoda? Or is he? are we going to learn Yoda is just kind of an, like a fool? Um, I think they'll be talking. Okay. Don't you? Grogu, love Mando. Hasn't hasn't Grogu already talked to that extent? No, Grogu like 
Force communicated with Ahsoka. I didn't think he actually like talked, because she was mm. like, "He says his name is Grogu." Mm. Kind of like how Han talks to Chewie. Right. Star Wars talk. Star Wars talk. Yeah. And C three PO. I mean R two D two. Yeah, but C three PO is like an interpreter droid, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the languages he speaks. I'm sure R2's in the mix. But not not uh, the Sith language. Well, dormant. Blocked. It's in there. But you can't around. access it. Yeah. All right, we got to get out of here. We're not even talking about the seventh seal anymore. All right. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> we failed you. <laughs> uh, but we did it. It's going to look like we talked about it. And then if people click, they'll know. But if they don't, it'll look like we're just um, really cool cinephiles that know our shit. Right. Well, I could say, you know, we could say we've seen it. So Most people will probably think the latter because I don't know if many people listen to this. Well... Yeah, we're kind of cool, dude. It's a cool club, man. Yeah. All right. Let's get out of here. Till next All time, right. Adam Roth. I'm leaving. <laughs> Me too, Jason Fury. <laughs>